I was reading last week in the Irish Times, uh, Cathy Sheridan, who frequently writes very interesting articles in the Irish Times. And she wrote um, an article headlined, Amazon's grip on online retail market is terrifying. And it got us to thinking and about Jeff Bezos. And of course, Jeff Bezos is the well-known richest man in the world. But I know very little about him, so I wanted to find out more. So we decided we'd ask Emmett Ryan of the Business Post to tell us all about Jeff Bezos, and he should be on the line now. Hi, Emmett. Hi, Mario. Great to be on the show with you, as always. Great. Now, did you um, know a lot about Jeff Bezos before um, we asked you to do this, or did you have to swat up on him? Uh, I've written a fair bit about Bezos over the years, so I knew a good bit about him. It's... uh he, he's a dork, which is probably his most adorable trait, but he's also, like, you, like Kathy was saying, on the route to being a very rich man, although news of his road to being a trillionaire has been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, so how much is he worth? He's worth about $150 billion, which is a lot of money, Mario, I think it's safe to say. He's probably going to be worth about $200 billion by year end, which is doing well. Like, you know, he's done well out of the pandemic. But uh, that, for those who are doing the maths, at least still is about 80% of the way short to a trillion. Yeah, so a trillion Uh, would be a thousand billion uh, dollars. Yeah, so quite a lot of money. And uh, there's like three companies ever have hit that mark, like one of which is Amazon. But uh, like I mentioned, Bezos is only part of that. He's not the whole company. And like there's somebody who did a bit of maths claiming he'd get there by 2026, but it involves an awful lot of... Things that even Bezos doesn't think will go right, going right, basically. So he's still going to be horrifically wealthy, but just the, the one trillion mark, I think, is a little bit unrealistic. Yeah. I, I just worked it out, actually, that uh, $150 billion is actually the GDP of Bulgaria. So he could yeah. he, he could buy Bulgaria. Yeah, no, I remember doing this when I was writing a profile about, about, about Bezos a couple of years ago. And so Amazon is worth roughly the Netherlands, uh, for those wondering with the company as a whole. <laughs> and so that's that's probably the good comparison to do. So he's Bulgarian, but the whole company's the Netherlands. Okay. Uh, he's yeah. 55. But um, so tell us about his background. How, who is he? And where, how did he get to this position? Well, the thing is, he comes from a pretty dull background uh, he was born like his mom was pretty young when she had him but she married well and it turned out as well she married well a second time her first husband they didn't last very long together uh, so his uh, stepfather whose surname he took was an engineer um, and quite successful at that uh, but also his grandfather worked uh, basically in the nuclear in nuclear energy so he was getting surrounded by nerds but he was on his way to being a rich man, Mario, but the type of rich guy who doesn't become just a subject of a Sunday morning chat during the lockdown. And uh, he was going to be an investment guy. He was doing pretty well. And he decided he had this sort of brainwave. I can do a company that'll sell books on the Internet. And, you know, your typical entrepreneur thing of if I do X, Y, Z, it might work. But the thing with Bezos is he's always known uh, very early that there's a reasonable chance of failure. And so he was like, putting a bet on himself, but with also the safety net of knowing of, I can go back to being an investment banker, it isn't the end of the world for me. So he had that going. He chose the name Amazon because it began with A, uh, literally. Uh, so had, I suppose had L been the first letter of the alphabet, there could be Dublin connections to it. And he, uh, it sort of took off from there. And it's all been sort of staggered where we think about, like, you know, you mentioned what to watch out for Ozark. Prime is obviously a thing now with the video stuff. And, uh, you know, the flatmate's been absolutely guzzling that as much as he's been guzzling Netflix as long as the not lockdown's been going on. Mm. And uh, But Prime was initially just a way to get your deliveries faster now as part of a video thing. There's Amazon Web Services, which is the less, the least known publicly of their pro- products, probably the most important for the value, AWS, because mm. it's one for all the data centers. And if you look at sort of Amazon stock price, don't get me wrong, again, this, is, this has long been a very, very, very valuable company. But the road to being a trillion-dollar company 
is roughly in line with when Amazon Web Services start getting popular. You sort of see this like nice gradual grow in the chart, and then this suddenly whoosh when AWS takes off because people need more cloud software and the stuff. And hey, Amazon's don't provide the services, so they were getting lots of money through that. Okay, so. He's done quite well. Okay, so and in the pandemic, it's exploded. I mean, he's up thirty billion in the pandemic because uh, everybody wants stuff delivered to their door now. Yeah, yeah, no, he's like it's doing quite well. Obviously, there's been the backlash, which Kathy pointed to, of people trying to find a way to order around Amazon. And uh, oddly, perishable goods have been the easiest thing because we're obviously seeing a lot of the restaurants get around uh, sort of not being open by selling boxes. I know Bujo Burger and Featherblade in Dublin are two of the better known ones for that. But if you're not buying perishable goods, the odds are it's very hard to order without going through Amazon. There are routes, but you've got to be creative. And uh, it's, it's, it's challenging for a lot of people. What does he spend his money on, Emmett? Not his workers. That's the safest way to put it. His, uh, he's had repeated issues with the staff. Like There are so many challenges. The classic one is basically people who are pregnant and heavily so afraid to go on a toilet break because they'd basically be, uh, be docked uh, points and uh, wages, essentially, mm. for hitting their processing target. Um, he's designed to spend it on space because, and this is a, probably the worst line he could have mentioned at the time, he didn't think of anything better to spend his money on them going into space while he's dealing with, uh, you know, many, many war protests. As Kathy mentioned in her piece, the, during the lockdown, there was the option to take unlimited leave from Amazon if you were working in a factory. The only problem was it was unpaid unlimited leave. And even that has been withdrawn now because it's such a demand for products to be done through the warehouses. His space project, it's going to probably make him a lot of money as well long term because between himself and Elon Musk, they're going to connect the uh, web sa through satellites across the world and that will end up being used an awful lot by telecoms companies uh, for networks so uh, he's going to make a lot of money from space uh, but uh, he's he's not really good at tact although we learned that with his divorce as well a couple of years yeah, ago. yeah tell us about the divorce it was one of the most highly um, publicized divorces of the last few years yeah so th the reason we can't share a text he sent to the woman he was he was seeing on the side from his then wife is not because they're too racy it's because they're too dorky mario uh, <laughs> We, we, we can't do that to people at this hour of the morning to put them through it. <laughs> so he he had been effectively separated from Mackenzie Bezos, his now ex-wife, for a couple of years. But he was trying to stagger everything out. To Basically, he wanted to be worth a certain amount before the divorce actually happened. So he was insulated financially so he could keep pressing on. Like, it's incredibly sad when you think about the reason. It was entirely a financial transaction for him as to when he divorced. And then texts he had sent his uh, now, now spouse uh, were leaked, uh, which were basically... Like, you need to be both pretty drunk and lacking creativity with English to be sending these. Like, you know, it's like, again, they weren't too racy. They were just the worst attempts at romance possible. Like, you know, it's like, uh, and just, right, we get it. You like her, Jeff, but you're also, you know, meant to be an educated guy. You can phrase it with a bit more creativity and, you know, show you actually like her. Uh, so that was a bit sad. But the the big talk at the time was obviously how much uh, Mackenzie Bezos was going to get. It ended up being only 38 billion dollars yeah. uh, you know it's, it's it was a tough break for her but listen i think she'll be okay yeah and d does he own what are, what other stuff does he own because he he's big in newspapers as well isn't that right and he's always fighting so, with trump yeah that, the main reason he him and trump don't get along is uh, sort of twofold one is that he's said no to trump and trump asking to be on committees and the other is though he's the owner of the washington post which it's become a classic uh, tech billionaire philanthropic thing to do in recent years is to buy a publication. Uh, Mark Benioff of Salesforce bought Time a couple of years ago. Bezos has the Washington Post. The Post is obviously a bigger deal. And uh, yeah, he's been largely hands-off. He's done a lot of work in terms of the digitization. Is mm. in, 
in making the digital product work. He's stayed out of editorial affairs pretty much exclusively. Unfortunately, that exclusivity included not really saying a word after the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, the Washington Post columnist, who was, of course, uh, killed by Saudi operatives in Turkey. Yep. Uh, so uh, there's been a bit of controversy over that, but he's one of those guys who's on like the laundry list of people Donald Trump likes to tweet negative things about. Like when the divorce was announced, Trump had an absolute field day mocking him uh, with the usual uh, elan and wish that we expect from the president. Absolutely, yeah, the Washington Post. And I mean, Trump has even, I think Trump has even tried to inadvertently get Bezos by, if you like, criticizing the American Postal Service. So, and trying to, you know, trying to not almost, almost do away with the American Postal Service uh, regulatory framework to almost get at Bezos. Yeah, because Amazon does actually rely on, on the USPS a lot for its uh, last sort of miles, last couple of miles in rural regional areas. But what uh, Trump doesn't realize is the USPS kind of relies on those Amazon deals uh, to some degree, but at the same time is also under pressure because it's not allowed to charge, uh, you know, sort of corporate rates, basically. It's still going to charge Amazon like it's, you know, you or me, <laughs> Mario, which mm. is obviously a little bit dodgy. And uh, so the, Amazon relies on it for its network, but at the same time, the parts of its network it relies on it most for are people who really, really need to have a postal service because there is no profit to be made in them having a postal service. It's one of those sort of, you know, areas where they need it. And uh, if they don't have it, you know, funded by the state, there will not be one. So uh, it's a little bit of a concern. But yeah, no, mm. Bezos, I think that's one of his like lesser problems right now. His bigger problem, to be honest, is maintaining that he's not uh you know basically the worst boss in the world yeah uh, you know and is he and is he emmet he's up there he's got to be right yeah. up there because the staff like they're they're they've uh, been given two dollars extra an hour uh you know for the current covid thing but i've been told that's being taken away soon like uh, i mentioned kathy pointed out that the un- unlimited unpaid leave has been taken away and what they're going to get instead don't worry is a letter saying thank you literally yeah, a letter saying thank you uh, for what they've done for Amazon during COVID. Like, uh, you know, obviously it's not unionized, uh, which is not exactly a massive shock. But the conditions, because we, we normally we talk about like deplorable conditions in you know warehouses, we're talking about the third world, Mario, which is obviously horrific in its own right. But that we see this in what are meant to be modern, you know, functional, uh, advanced economies, that there are these conditions which we normally criticize for places that are far away, whereas there are places that are awfully close by and much more like us culturally, uh, that we uh, haven't been able to stop it there. That's even more frightening. Yeah. Um, in Cathy's article in the Irish Times this week, um, she was talking about Christian Smalls, uh, the employee who led the protest. And it turned into, uh, they uncovered a kind of a PR machine against, uh, that was launched by Amazon against uh, Christian Smalls. And they have a quote here. The plan was to smear Smalls' conduct as immoral, unacceptable and arguably, arguably illegal. Make him the most interesting part of the story. And if possible, make him the face of the entire union organizing movement. He's not smart or articulate. And to the extent the press wants to focus on us versus him, we'll be in a much stronger PR position than simply explaining for the umpteenth time how we're trying to protect workers. Yeah, yeah, that, that, and shockingly, what they didn't realize through all the process was those discussions were going to get out at some point, and that was going to make them look worse. Just to, like that's if you look at the main problem is they just see it as them versus the worker. They don't realize that it's gone beyond that now. To a lot of people are a little more wary of using Amazon. There's the environmental impact to a degree, but also realizing that 
you're exploiting labor, which is really close to home quite often. And that, like, you know, whatever many people might say about wearing Nikes and Adidas and all that, exploiting labor from, you know, further away, there is an emotional link for a lot of people when they suddenly realize it could be the person who lives in their building mm. that they're messing around here. And that's going to have an emotional hit home more, you know, rightly or wrongly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, mm. Amazon just doesn't get that. And they need to, basically, is the short version. Emma, what really do you see him getting involved in in the future? For example, um, there's no indication that he's politically interested, is there? Or, and, or what other areas do you see him getting involved in? I don't see him going for politics directly because I think he, you know, wants to, he sees like, you know, conventional earth politics is beneath him. Like space is definitely going to increase. He certainly wants to get people onto Mars. Himself and Elon both have plans to have a million people on Mars combined by the, and this is to their own separate project, projects by the end of the century, given not one person has been on Mars and only 12 have been on the moon. That's a little ambitious. So I think space is a big one to watch out for. Uh, further far, he's certainly into sort of, you know, uh, media because he owns the Washington Post. We've seen him invest in more in Prime. Now that we've seen Disney step up and uh, Apple as well, I can see more more happening there. But the, the biggest thing quite often is going to be owning the supply chain. So he'll find new ways to make sure that uh, things in supply are owned. Like, you know, he basically used to rely on DHL, now he is DHL. And uh, I think more parts of that, he's going to find new ways to make us harder to avoid him. <laughs> okay, we leave it there. Emmett Ryan from the Business Post, thanks very much for that very interesting profile of Jeff Bezos. Thanks very much, Emmett.